0: Hello, listeners. Jordan here. I just want to let you know that you can listen to Nighttime early and ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Hello listeners, before we begin, let me just tell you that what you're about to hear is the first episode in what I expect to be an ongoing series on the show. In episodes you see branded as Canadian Gothic, I will share stories that are darker and more disturbing than you're probably used to hearing around here. These episodes will generally feature a narrative telling of a tragic event, a horrific moment, or something just very dark. So now that you know what we're doing, let's get into it. You are listening to Canadian Gothic, a series by the Nighttime Podcast. Hello listeners. In this episode of Nighttime, I'm going to share something that could only be described as horrific, and my telling will include some brief but rather disturbing audio recordings. So I suppose that is your warning to proceed with caution, or perhaps just sit this one out if you're sensitive to that sort of thing. The story we're going to hear takes us to the community of Chatsworth, Ontario. If you've never been, Chatsworth is just south of Owen Sound and a little over a two hour drive from the city of Toronto. But in stark contrast to the metropolitan areas that surround it, Chatsworth is rural and rustic in nature, home to many bodies of water, rolling hills, and untamed forests. Chatsworth provides a setting that is beautiful, quiet, and peaceful. But that's not why many around the world have recently learned of Chatsworth, Ontario. As opposed to the experiences it offers, they've heard of Chatsworth due to tragedy. Specifically, a tragedy that was broadcast live on Facebook and shared around the world by those seeking a glimpse of death in some of the internet's darkest crevices. Tonight, in this episode of Nighttime, our topic is the drowning death of Helen Wendy Nyabuto many in their early 20s, Helen Wendy would often connect with friends and family online. I'm off today. I'm so excited. She's a, a very outgoing girl. She's hardworking. She's passionate. She really liked working with the seniors. The 24-year-old personal support worker died by drowning while live streaming herself swimming in a Chatsworth motel pool last week. Just three years ago in 2019, Helen Wendy Nyabuto took the first steps in an important mission. She left her home in Kenya en route to Canada with the goal of gaining education, finding employment, and providing for her family who remained back home. Coming from a large family with five younger siblings, caring for others was something that came naturally to Helen. The education she decided to pursue would be a perfect fit Immediately after arriving in Canada, Helen enrolled in Peak College in North York with the goal of becoming a certified personal support worker. And to say Helen excelled in the program would be an understatement. Her dedication to the program, her warm and outgoing personality, and her passion for helping others led to her being described as a sort of superhero among her friends and classmates. And these glowing reviews don't just reside in her schooling. Now Consider the timing of this. Helen came to Canada, enrolled in a support worker program, and completed her study just as her career prospects and the world itself was turned completely upside down by the COVID-19 pandemic. But even that didn't slow Helen down. In fact, she continued to excel. Over the past two years, as Canada's COVID infection rates rose and fell through its many waves, Helen stood quite literally on the front line, working one-on-one with Canada's most vulnerable population, our seniors living in long-term care homes. But for Helen, it wasn't just her elderly patients that were relying on her. Back in Kenya, Helen was also filling the role of a superhero. Her work in Canada allowed her to financially provide for her parents and her five siblings, and she did it gladly. She was the large family's breadwinner, funding everything from food, housing, and the education of her younger siblings. So to say that Helen carried a lot of weight on her shoulders would be a very fair statement, but she wore it well. Considering how much was being juggled by the 23-year-old woman, her unending work ethic and constant smile are all the more impressive. And now with that as our setup, the story is going to change gears dramatically. Although Helen's life is inspiring and clearly shows the results of hard work and dedication, there's another side to her story. As I said at the beginning of the episode, tragedy finds its way into Helen's path. And as a result, a part of Helen's story is simply horrific. We'll get into that after a short break. The series of events we're gonna hear unfold take place just a few weeks ago, on August 18th, 2022. Helen, who had been living in the larger city of Toronto, had taken a temporary job in the much more rural Chatsworth, Ontario. And as such, she was staying at a local motel. The reason for this temporary posting was the result of a COVID outbreak at a nearby long-term care home. Again, considering Helen's passion for assisting our most vulnerable, This was a welcome opportunity for her. And as is typical in her line of work, the shifts were long, and overnights wouldn't be uncommon. On this particular day, Helen had worked the early morning shift, which saw her leave the care home just before 2 p.m. When she arrived back at the motel she had been staying at over the past two weeks, she had a quick snack and then decided to take advantage of both the sun and the motel swimming pool. Now before we get into that, let me tell you a few more things about Helen. First off, she's not an experienced swimmer. Wading around in a pool or splashing around in the breaking waves of a beach, sure. But essentially, Helen couldn't swim. She likely didn't expect that to be much of a problem, however, as the pool had a shallow end that was hardly waist deep. With the temperature hovering just below 30 degrees, and the sky taken over by full sun, The blue water of the motel's swimming pool was likely quite appealing. Now, one other thing about Helen. Where she had spent the last three years nearly a world away from her Kenyan friends and family, to stay in touch during the pandemic, she, like nearly everyone else, had relied on video calls to remain connected. In fact, it was something her parents back in Kenya encouraged. In a recent interview, her father explained that he asked Helen to record and share as many moments and experiences as she could. And that's something she did. Despite the distances between them, Helen and her family were in near constant contact thanks to the miracles of social media, video calls, and all the other things that come along with it. Now, let's get back to Helen's swim. I said earlier that this all takes place just after 2 p.m. And that time's important. Mid-afternoon like that, could be unique at a motel as the prior day's guests have already checked out and any incoming guests wouldn't be able to check in. As a result of that, the motel's pool was quiet. She had the place to herself. There was no one else there. And like many other similar moments of quiet and peaceful fun, Helen decided to take her friends and family along with her. Before getting in, she leaned her phone against something poolside carefully facing the camera towards where she planned to wade and started a live video on Facebook. Any of her Facebook contacts that tuned in to the beginning would have seen Helen wearing a colorful swimsuit and a smile that stretched from ear to ear, slowly and excitedly entering a pool. Once in the pool the high spirited Helen split her attention between greeting friends as they tuned into the live video and wading around in the shallow water, carefully managing her long braids each time she ducked her head in. Hi there, how are you? <laughs> it's 2 o'clock here. Make a pool, just having some fun. No see I am I'm having a good time Radonyani Magati Kazi Helen's live video continues like this for about ten minutes. Her happily splashing while laughing and chatting with her friends as they come and go from the stream. Now before I get to the horrible thing that's about to happen let me describe the scene one last time. Helen's alone in this pool and I mean completely alone. The video she was live streaming clearly shows an empty pool behind her and many empty chairs in the pool yard. For the duration of the video thus far not one single person has entered into the frame or can be heard in the background at any point. So yeah, she's alone. And the way she's doing it, blending the swimming and the chatting is like this. She'll grab the side of the pool to read the messages on the phone and respond. And then she lets go of the side, backs up a few feet into the pool to playfully splash around. As the video goes on, she seems to venture deeper and deeper back into the pool. But she isn't doing anything that I would technically call swimming again just kind of bouncing around with her feet always touching the bottom. Now It's hard to tell exactly what sets this tragedy in motion but it seems that during one of her periods of venturing around the pool I can only assume she unknowingly enters the sloped area of the pool that transitions from the shallow to the deeper end. And it's here that Helen seems to lose her footing. While streaming live to friends and family on Facebook Helen begins a fight for her life. Now the next piece of audio is a disturbing. Magati Tap tap Essa. Utulete. Helen's end comes just shortly after the sounds you just heard. And she fought hard but without an ability to swim to safety and with no one to see or hear her cries for help the water simply had to wait her out. And that's what water will do. A beautiful life filled with an inspiring commitment to others comes to an end only minutes after she entered the pool. But to add another horrific layer to this, Helen's phone Continues to live stream to her Facebook account and it does so for hours For nearly three hours her Facebook account streams a video showing a dark form floating in still water of an unoccupied pool Many of those watching desperate to help are over 10,000 kilometers away yet the live stream rolls on It wasn't until 5 p.m. that the first guests even enter the pool area A gate can be heard opening somewhere off-screen, and shortly after, a man awkwardly steps over Helen's phone and slowly enters the pool, just as Helen entered a couple hours earlier. This older man, who is in the pool with Helen's body, is quickly joined by a younger man who immediately notices something else in the pool with the first man. He sarcastically asks, why is there a dead body in the pool? But oddly enough, the older man seems to think it's a dead poodle, and he doesn't at all seem concerned to be in the pool with it. And it doesn't take them long to realize exactly what they walked into. Oh! Oh! I know, that scared the shit out of me when I got in. I think it's a poodle or something. What the hell is that? Does that freak you out or what? That looks so realistic. I know. I got in and I was like, like is it somebody? Walk over there. Just walk over there and have a look. Dead? Like, what if it's actually somebody dead? Because I'm not even trying. That looks way too real. Isn't there a bunch of bows and arrows sticking out of too? No. Do you have their number? Like, are they there? So they're, in the house. they're in the office. Should I, can I give them a call? Just go walk up to the office, knock on the door, and say, "Just wondering about that pool." I, I'm, gonna give them the call. I'm not getting in that pool. That looks like an actual dead person. But the thing is, if it was an actual dead person, it'd be floating to the top, right? And maybe not. Yeah. Like, if they're actually, if they're actually dead, it'd be, it'd be at the top. Like, I think you gotta walk down. There. Walk around to the other side. I'm, like, go around behind. It looks like a real person. Okay, so go around there. Go around to this. I am not. No. You did do that yourself. I or don't want actually, to get out. Cool. It looks like an Okay, go, go just tap on the door at the office. And just say, we're, we're about to get in the pool. It looks like there's a dead person in there. No, I got a lot of thoughts on the nonchalance of the man in the pool, but I'll leave you to judge how you would react in this situation. But as the younger man leaves the pool to go alert the office of an object in the pool, the older man continues to wait around, awaiting someone else to come take a better look. In a strange coincidence, just as motel staff arrive to inspect the form in the bottom of the pool, Helen's phone's battery dies and the live stream ends. Huh? Is that real? Shortly after that interaction that you just heard, first responders would be called to the scene, and they would pronounce Helen dead. And as the video clearly shows, they ruled the death the result of a tragic accident broadcast live to friends and family. It's truly horrific. To wrap this story up, I want to get you caught up on some of what's happened after Helen's death. As far as the motel and any responsibility they could bear, the hotel owner, Dave Nagra, spoke to a local newspaper, the Owen Sound Sun-Times. The owner expressed condolences to Helen's loved ones and gave some insight on the steps he has taken to ensure the safety of his pool. He explained the pool is covered by liability insurance, is inspected each spring by a health unit, and that it meets all safety requirements such as appropriate signage and depth markings but as a result of Helen's death he further explained he's now considering additional safety measures specifically a rope across the area where the pool drops from five feet to seven feet deep now regarding the video that initially was automatically archived to Helen's Facebook page a representative of the Ontario Provincial Police addressed the video in a press release explaining that steps were being taken to have it removed from social media very quickly, it was removed from Helen's Facebook account, but videos of tragedies spread much further than police work. The police officer who spoke about the video is quoted as saying, it's gotten to the point where it's spread so fast, we're never going to get all of them down, unfortunately. And now, for Helen's family. Understandably, they're going through a horribly difficult time. The loss of a loved one, who is the family's breadwinner, who is on the other side of the world, while struggling to cope with their loss, Helen's family has been focused on efforts to return her body to Kenya, a task that comes with a cost of $50,000, far above what the family can afford. To raise the money for both Helen's repatriation and the funeral expenses, the Niyabuto family has turned to a GoFundMe campaign. At the time of the recording, the family's goal of $50,000 had already been exceeded, with 65000 raised, and more donations coming in regularly. And with that said, if anyone listening is interested in assisting Helen's family, I've added a link to the GoFundMe campaign in this episode's description. Now, in closing, I probably don't need to say this given what we just heard, but swimming alone is never a good idea. Be it a novice or an experienced swimmer, something unexpected can happen. And when the unexpected happens in water, you can quickly end up in a bad situation. I want to thank you for joining me for this episode of Nighttime, but before we part, I have some thanks. First, a big thanks to Monty Data, who contributed the music for this episode. A big shout-out to LJ from Dystopian FN Simulation Podcast, who provides the intro and outro voiceovers. But most importantly, I have a massive thank you to everyone who listens to Nighttime as without your interest and your support, this show would be as pointless as it would be impossible. But with that said, keeping the show alive is and has always been an uphill battle. So if you want to help take a bit of weight off the show's back, make sure you're listening on the premium feed. And not only does the premium feed fund the creation of the show, it'll give you a lot more episodes and content than you'll find here on the free feed. Now, I want to take a moment and thank the newest subscribers to the premium feed. Jordan and Tara, thank you for your generous support. And for anyone else out there interested, you can go premium at patreon.com slash nighttimepodcast And one last thing before we part here. If anyone listening has a story idea, wants to give feedback on the show, or would like to contribute a voice memo to be aired in an upcoming episode, you can always reach me at nighttimepodcast.com slash contact. I hope to hear from you. But until then, take care of each other, hug your loved ones tight, and let me know if you see anything weird. The Nighttime Podcast is written, hosted, and produced by Jordan Bonaparte.